What does Colgate mean by live life to the brightest? Could it be a rich glass of red sipped inside a Parisian cafe on a snowy night when my gaze is met by a tall, mysterious... I mean, brushing is directed with Colgate Optic White Pro Series Toothpaste gives you a visibly whiter smile in just three days so you can live life to the brightest and finish that glass without worrying about teeth stains. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. The new coming-of-age film Suncoast drops on Hulu today after premiering last month at Sundance. I spoke to writer-director Laura Chin about basing the film on her own life story, as well as working with talented rising star Nico Parker and renowned screen veterans like Laura Linney and Woody Harrelson. Hey, Laura Chin, hey, thanks so much for joining us on WTOP in D.C. Hi, thank you for having me. We are here because you're the director of the new film Suncoast, which drops today on Hulu. I just watched it this morning and some I was tearing up in a couple and laughed in other parts. It, it kind of runs the gamut. But uh, why don't we well, tell, tell the audience that, that our audience the basic basic premise of this coming of age story that also deals with some pretty, you know, heavy right to life Terry Shivo kind of themes. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of different themes in the movie. Um, it is the coming of age story. It's a dramedy. But we really tried to keep it light. You know, we really tried to make it buoyant and have comedy and and have it be a, a movie that you walk away feeling good at the end. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's based on my experience. My brother was in hospice with Terry Shivo in 2005 when I was 18. And he passed away there um, a few days after she did. And so, yeah, so it was based on that. And um, yeah, but it's but it's but it's funny. <laughs> It's funny. I like try to tell people, I'm like, it's, it's, there's comedy. So it's not, it's not a movie. You don't have to dread watching it. Yeah, I know. I, it's, a, it's such a hard, hard line to walk both. I'm sure making yeah. it and then also doing these interviews too. Cause I, I have to say, you know, I, I'm so sorry for your loss of your brother, Max. And I'm so, it was wonderful to see a photo of him at the end, the memory of your brother, Max. Um, So before we dive into the movie, sh- sure. I want to know what, what was Max like in real life? You know, give, give him, a, let's give him a moment in this interview. You know oh what I mean? God, I love this question. Um, what a great question. My brother, well, he was, he was, a, you know, he got sick when he was 16. So he was very young. So he hadn't fully developed, you know, a full self yet by the time he passed away. But before um, he was sick, he was a skateboarder, super athletic, a gymnast. He was on a, t- you know, gymnastics team. Um, he was just like a freakishly athletic person. And I wasn't. And he was so patient, always trying to like teach me how to do backflips teach me yeah. how to, you know, and I a skateboard and I just never could. And he was like, no, you, there, you must be able to do this. And I just was like, wrong, sir. Um, yeah. So yeah, so but he, he was wonderful. He was a funny, charming, extremely handsome, just wonderful person. Oh, well, I'm glad that you, you were able to share some memories. And yeah, when you show when you're showing, I, I know it's not actual footage of the real Max. I know it's the, the fictional character in the film. But when she's watching the footage of them as kids, it's like, I feel like I was watching like the end of Philadelphia and I'm like, oh, <laughs> Jonathan Demi, damn you, Laura Jin, why are you, I'm crying here. Um, but anyway, yeah. um, it's great as a, trip, yeah, those... a tri- tribute to him. Yeah. 
and those and those kids are actually siblings in real life. Those kids that are in those home oh, cool. movies, I know, uh-huh. and they're so cute. And it really it came from me because I when I was a teenager, when my brother was sick, I would just go back and watch home movies and look at photos. And, you know, I was that was how I was sort of processing the loss was by always going back and looking at other memories and other times. And yeah, wow, wow, yes. All right, well then, so that's it's ba- it, that that was one element that's based on your actual life experience. Um, how much else of the script is? Um, because I know the script made the 2020 blacklist. I mean, it was one of the you know most anticipated scripts out there. But how how many other other scenes um were actually sort of mirroring real life? Were like were there that many moments where you know your mom is calling saying, "Hey, this could be the last night," and you're sitting there put because the protagonist is always put in these positions like, oh, "Should I go to prom with my friend? Should I go out clubbing yes. with my friend?" Um, yes. You don't know if it's the last night with the brother. So how much of that was actually from your life? Well, that, I mean, so I think in the movie, the mother's sort of doing a naughty thing, right? Like she's alluding to him, him being about to pass away and she's not fully telling the truth. So my mother's the first never time, done the first that. Time. Yeah, 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 yeah. My mother's never done that. My mother is, you know, my mother has not done that. My mother's a very, you know, I love my mother. Shout out to moms everywhere. Um, the the mother in this movie is a fictional character. Um, but yes, but but in terms of the the um, the experience of getting the call from the hospice nurses that are like it's happening tonight, that happened many 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 times. Uh, so he's in the last few months of his life, and we would get these calls that are like tonight's the night, you guys should come. And my dad would fly in from California. You know, we would all rush there, and then they'd be like, okay, it looks like it's not happening tonight. You know, so then you go home, and you do this many times. You know, like you get a few of these calls where it yeah. seems like now is the time, and you really want to be there. You know. We really put pressure on ourselves as a society to be there. I don't know, you know, it's just like a thing where it's like, we must be there. Um, and so, yeah. And then in my brother's case, the day that he actually, you know, was the nurses were like, it looks like it might happen. We had so many false alarms. And I had a, I was in college at the time and I had a test to take. And I was like, do I go take the test? Do I stay? Do I go? And it was this real dilemma of like, this is a big exam, but who cares? Right. <laughs> you know, like I have this very important thing to do. So I stayed, I didn't go take the exam and he passed away that afternoon. So and I, so I, I wasn't able to be there. Um, but it is, you know, it's it's a tough thing at the end of life. Wow. So yeah, thankfully you did get to be there in in real life. And I know the movie is, you know, you it's you create more drama with the way that, um, yeah. I, I don't want to I don't want to spoil it for listeners, but the 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 reveal there, there's just a shot of an image with no words needed, and it is it hits you. Um, well, let's talk. <laughs> yeah, let's. Um, uh, and it's you know, and it's okay. I think I think too. Like if some, a lot of times people can't be there. You know, a lot of times yeah. people can't be there for whatever reason, and that's okay too. You know, that's the the takeaway. Hopefully, is that there's not really a, a right way to do this this whole grief thing. So right. And the mom says, yeah. you know, he he knew all these things you're trying to. He he knew. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Well, let's dish. Um. You know, on a happier note, dish on on some of the cast members. Let's start with um. You know, the the lead actress, the teenage actress, Nico Parker. Obviously, the daughter of filmmaker Ol Parker. Ol Parker. Parker yeah. And then the mom, everyone knows from Crash. Tandy. I can never say it. Tandy Newton. Tandy Way Newton. Tandy Way Newton. But anyway, yeah, Nico. You might. I think she debuted in Tim Burton's Dumbo. She's Pedro Pascal's daughter in The Last of Us. You know, the early scenes. Um, she goes early, but um, but yeah. I mean, talk about working with Nico like a, a a rising star to be sure massive i mean she's a movie star man she is this this girl was born a movie star she's just like you meet her and you're like oh that's what a movie star looks like at young age um yeah. she's amazing you know i i sort of i was aware of her from dumbo and, and google and you know i just was looking at the sort of small list of biracial teen actresses and i honed in on nico and i was like this girl is so beautiful 
Um, and I'm biracial, so I wanted Doris to be biracial and, but it's a small list, you know, there's not, you know, it's not like a, a huge list of 17 year olds, um, that are able to emotionally carry a movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, so I met with her, um, a few years after the script, you know, the script was here and Woody was attached and Laura was attached and I met with Nico and I just felt she's so um, funny and, and deep and wise beyond her years and all the things I wanted Doris to come across as somebody who's gone through something really real um, and has grown from that and is more mature maybe than her peers. And Nico is, you know, all those things. And then, you know, we she does a scene and she just completely blows you away over Zoom. You know, she's just crying and emoting and all the things. And you're just this, this, this girl is going to go very, very far. Already has. I mean, she's already has. Yeah. <laughs> she's How to Train Your Dragon so now. It- yeah. Yeah, she'll be in the live action How to Train Your Dragon. Yeah. That's cool. So it was a Zoom audition. I guess all this came together COVID-ish. So. Yeah, um, yeah. It was a Zoom audition and, and yeah, 2022 or one. And yeah, and she said she was in London. I was in LA. So yeah. That's awesome. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Well, you mentioned Laura Linney and Woody Harrelson. Let's take them one at a time. But Laura Linney playing the sort of, you know, super stressed out single mom, widowed widow mom, caring for, you know, an invalid son, basically, in, in hospice. I mean, the, the level of emotions that she has to play in this movie is ridiculous. But as a screenwriter, I, I also I love that you sort of always make her like an active character. You know, there's she's like, what's that damn ringing sound? And she climbs <laughs> up and takes the the drop ceiling out and is trying to find it like she is always, always like an active character, which is cool. Um, And any, you know, so talk about sort of just her performance and. Every every mother daughter is going to relate to that clash, but, <laughs> this, but with the stakes here so much higher, obviously. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's 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 you know, I think that these two people, this mother and daughter, they both are experiencing grief in the complete opposite ways. Mm-hmm. I think that Christine is very activated. Laura Linney's character is very activated. She wants to fix it. She wants to make it perfect. She wants to do everything for him. And I think Doris is numb and detached and wants to deny and run away, you know? And so everything is pulling Doris, Nico's character away from her brother and everything's pulling Christine toward, you know, 
And, um, and I think because of that, they're clashing because they both think the other is crazy. You know, <laughs> they're both yeah. like, you are not grieving him correctly. <laughs> um, what do you think is what we do to each other when, when we're losing somebody? I, I've, I've, I've literally heard two sisters say to each other, you're not grieving him correctly about their dying brother, you know? So it's like a thing that people do. Um, and I wanted to show all these different forms of grief and the way human beings behave. And I, I wanted to sort of make it all okay. I really didn't want, you know, Christine Doris's mother to be a villain. I wanted the audience to be able to relate to her and empathize with her. I wanted them to be able to relate to Doris and some of her more selfish decisions um, and not have it be, you know, that I'm, that I'm passing judgment as the writer. And hopefully the takeaway at the end of the movie is that, you know, grief is grief is a mother, you know, but it's all okay. <laughs> Absolutely. But I mean, I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just that, that you were so lucky to get Laura Linney in that movie. Cause man, it's some, some of those scenes, like when she's talking to, um, like the guard outside of the hospice, uh, hospital place. And, oh and she's God. like, I'm, and, and she's bawling. And she's like, I, I have to get, I've, I'm going to spend every night with my son. I don't know. And then she's also oh. laughing. She's also yeah. laughing too. Like there's yeah. tears in her face. And then she's laughing at the ridiculousness of the situation. Right. And it's just so beautiful. No, every mm. choice that Laura Linney makes yeah. is just, you just stand behind the monitor and in awe of what, how how many choices she makes you know like everything yeah. is a choice nothing is yeah. what you expect it to be the, the moment where um she sits down with doris when doris is reading this people magazine and she tells her you know brad and jen just broke up and laura Linney makes the choice to be so invested in brad and jen's right. relationship yeah. she that was her choice to be like oh they did like she's so upset that these people broke up right. and that as a choice, you just see Christine's character and you're like, you understand how fun she is and you understand yeah. what she was like before this. And I mean, Laura Linney is truly America's sweetheart. I mean, I mean, Truman Show, you can count on me, Mystic River. Forget Eddie it. Well, Ozark, Forget it. Savage. Forget it. And then she's just, and then she's just like so kind, like beyond yeah. kind, like kindest person in the world. And you're like, you don't even need to be kind. You're so talented. You could just be a jerk. And she's like, no, thank yeah. you. I'll be kind instead. Yeah. Powerhouse. <laughs> well, uh, I know we're tight on time. So let's hit Woody Harrelson really quick too. I mean, um, uh, this when I was watching him in this movie, uh, obviously it's, it's a different role, but I was I was reminded, you know, in in remember Edge of Seventeen, that great coming of age movie. He sort of played the teacher that she, the the, the young kid, kind of confides in. And here, here it's a similar role where the, where the where um Doris gets to confide in him. Although he, this time he's a much different character. He's this religious widower and all that stuff. Teaches her to drive, all that stuff. But um, yeah, I mean, why is Woody just sort of perfect as that um slightly comic relief, but also mentor role? Yeah, I mean, he's he's mentored so many young male characters too. Like, I think I think that he, you know, I think he's 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 a perfect mentor in the way that he's not nothing's too precious with him. You know, like with, with the way Woody sees the world, his humor, the twinkle in his eye, like he's just yeah. so um, intelligent, um, and he sees humor in everything, and that's just how Woody is. You know, so especially in a role like this where it really could have been precious. You know, he really could have been melodramatic or overly precious as the person who's going to guide this young girl through this experience of grief. But instead he's Woody Harrelson, you know, so everything has so much humor. It's so grounded. Um, and he was who I envisioned when I was writing the script. Uh, Cause I, I wanted a way into Paul, you know, Paul's on the protest side of the Terry Schiavo case. And um, I really wanted to find a way into his humanity and his, his goodness and his core. And, you know, I, uh, and, and so I started thinking about Woody Harrelson and especially Southern too. I was like, who's like a, because I pictured 
the protester, Florida, Southern, you know, and mm-hmm. so I started watching Woody Harrelson's movies and interviews and um, yeah, he was like my muse throughout the whole thing. So when he read the script and responded to the movie, I was like, this is a dream come true. That's so cool. You actually envisioned Woody Harrelson in the role and then you got to cast him. That's uh, that's awesome. Manifested and course, it, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. And then, of course, uh, Matt Walsh is a teacher and the list goes on and on. But it's uh, it's a it's an awesome cast. Well, um, you know, final seconds. I know, I know, we got to run, but um, just uh, I, I, I want to remind our listeners. I think this movie just, um, I think it just premiered at Sundance. What, like last month, less than a month ago, I know. and then two weeks so, ago. I know. Yeah, two weeks on January twenty first, so, and and yeah. now we're recording this. It's gonna, uh, this is gonna air February 9th, um, when the movie comes on Hulu. So, um. What's that? Remind just. Let's end by you know that whirlwind of you know did Searchlight like come up to you at Sundance or like because I feel like this came together pretty fast. Yes, it did. It was it was truly there's so many blessings around this movie. It um I really have felt I, I was I said this at Sundance. I'm overwhelmed. I felt overwhelmed with gratitude. I've never felt more grateful in my life. I was being swept up with gratitude. Um. Yeah. The uh, searchlight came on board early on when we were shoot before we shot when we had Woody and Laura. So they came on board, and then uh, when we submitted it to um, Sundance, uh, it, you know, for me, I was just like I wouldn't even let myself imagine it. I was just like I can't even think about it, you know. Um, yeah. And one of our producers had been there before with Tangerine and Sean Baker's film, and she was like, "No, we're getting in, we're getting in the Sundance," you know. But I was like, "This is such a big." dream like sentence is like this idea you know which was like this massive idea that i was like i can't even imagine it um and then when you know we got in and um throughout the whole process they were so supportive the reaction to the movie was so positive everybody was so kind um it's, it's really been yeah it's been like a little bit like you know pinch me um because yeah but i you know i'm trying to just like flow with it and be like no things can go well things can go smooth I'm not going to get hit by a car. <laughs> I'm like, is the universe going to balance this out somehow? Like, leave me alone. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. Right. Right. No, I, you know, many years and many more projects. Ahead. <laughs> I didn't realize, I didn't realize, um, uh, um, Sean Baker's, um, Tangerine producer, um, was, was part of this. That's cool. So it's, oh yeah. The Florida it's the, project, it's the Florida project yeah. meets Florida girls, I guess. Right. That yeah. Was so yeah, they, they, yeah, they produced Florida Project. Um, uh, Francesca Silvestri and Kevin Chinoy produced Florida Project and Tangerine. And they live in Florida and they came on board for this. And they've been so amazing. A big shout out to them. All of our producers um, have been so amazing. I mean, it really, like, it sounds like I'm lying because I'm just like, everyone's amazing. But it Man. truly was like everyone was amazing the whole time. Um, and everyone just wanted to tell this story and was so passionate about it. And yeah, I, I got I got very, very lucky. Awesome. Well, everyone check out the movie. It's called Suncoast. It drops today, Friday on Hulu. Uh, Laura Chin, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much for listening to Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Our theme music is Scott Buckley's Clarion. Remember to give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time.